We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly, Jolly Comscape from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in, uh, let me think, New Athens, Illinois. And I am getting old. I know. How long have you been there? Uh, <laughs> almost 40 years. <laughs> Trinity and Darmstadt. There you go. I remember that. And right next to me, I have Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. We're home of Ted Drew's ice cream. Yes. Speaking of Ted Drew's ice cream, I'd like to start I, with a new feature. Oh, I, I am always feature? up for Ted Drew's uh, related feature. Well, it, it, it has to do, I, I thought it would be kind of nice. I, I'd like to do like uh, 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 Wrestling with the Basics, Healthy Eating Tidbits. Oh, right? really? Advice for people for healthy eating. Healthy eating? Healthy eating. That seems very unwrestling with the basics-like. Well, just give me a chance. Okay. Uh, because right now, you know, a lot of people are going into ground turkey. Does Lisa make a lot of things with ground turkey? I can't say that she does. No. Well, you know, maybe you should consider because, you know, ground turkey, uh, they're using it in, in chili, using it in making hamburgers and everything because uh, uh, ground turkey is a very low-fat a very, very, it's a nice white, healthy, mm -hmm, healthy mm -hmm. meat to yeah, use. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but one of the problems with ground turkey, Matt, is that it's very, very dry. It's very, very dry. So here's uh, Pastor Lekomsky's suggestion for uh, the problem with, with ground turkey being very dry. The solution to that, Matt, okay. is quit using it. <laughs> Come on. God has showed us what he wants us to do with turkey. You don't grind it up. You make slices of it. You put gravy over it, and you give it with dressing. That's the purpose of turkey in the world. <laughs> Come on. If you want to have a nice, juicy hamburger, what is it called, Matt? It's a... Hamburger. hamburger come on let's get some beef in there and let's get rid of this this 97 percent lean stuff come on it's supposed to be greasy that's what you got a bun to hold it for now that sounds more like the rest of the basics right. you're worrying me john <laughs> i was getting worried oh good so anyway that's that's my little tidbit my little advice on healthy eating and next week we'll continue and i'll give you some advice what you should do yes. with your kale i'll tell you exactly what you should do with your yeah. kale people um my imagination's running wild now. <laughs> so, have you had the anyway. Juicy Lucy burger? Apparently, these now are big you're up talking. north. So, yeah, you, yeah. You, have you had one? Because you go you to like Minnesota, don't turkey. you? Yeah. yeah. Stuff, they stuff it with cheese in the oh, middle. Oh, they do. And, and then it, it squirts all over the place. It does. And, oh. It's just a mess. you got to have like a half dozen napkins and stuff. Like you said, that's how God intended us that's to eat hamburgers, right, right? right? You want turkey, then put some gravy on it. That's what that's how it's supposed to be used. So, anyway, that's that's my healthy food eating. <laughs> Yes, yes, I like how you think, Joe. Well, Lynn, now, you know, we're getting older and she's all concerned about our health. And so, yeah, let's get that ground turkey out. And oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Samuel, I'd like to talk about Samuel. You were doing the Transfiguration. Yes, yeah, but last I'd week. like to do yeah, about very Samuel. Good. All right, great. Uh, and in fact, this kind of works neat because, you know, you got this very glorified thing. Wow, he's bright and shiny and, and seeing the Son of God. And so now I have kind of a contrast that with a, a human, a guy who is not the Son of God, and he's just depressed. <laughs> <laughs> 
In fact, you know, we've been doing a lot of these Old Testament stories. Uh, but that's what we're doing this year. Did I tell you that? Yeah, All yeah, we're doing Athens, yeah, sure. But it's amazing how sad the stories are, you know. So we had Moses, and and he's all depressed because the children of Israel bowed down to a golden calf after he specifically told them, "Don't do that." Uh, the children of Israel in the wilderness, and they're whining and complaining because they don't have any water. It's just a big downer it week is. after week. Every, yeah, <laughs> so we got yet another one, uh, the, the Samuel, the great the great judge Samuel. Well, so, I, I think it's a nice reminder that, that yeah, not, not everything is going to be a mountaintop experience in this life, like the Mount of Transfiguration. Yeah. We talked about, you know, those three shelters and Peter wanting to prolong this beautiful That's experience. That's what we want, yeah. But no, we got we to gotta go down the mountain sometime, and like the hymn says, come with us to the plain, Lord, be with yeah, us in yeah, our yeah. our valleys and life too, and yeah. So it's good to, to recognize those accounts in God's word too. And and and, and thank you because you've actually just crystallized my thought because I think that's the point we're doing. By the way, for those that follow along at home, First uh, Samuel chapter sixteen, uh, that, that that's actually the point. That yeah, uh, as long as as long as, as God is with you, as long as Jesus is with you, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. I don't think anyone likes to have struggles and trials, but as long as Jesus is with you, it'll still be all right. It'll be all right. Yeah. So do you want to start reading there at First uh, Samuel chapter sure. 16? All right. I'll begin with verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? He's already grieving and crying. Yeah, Look at yeah, that. that. That's, didn't take that's long. the point. Yeah. Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Yeah, can we, can we you don't mind? Let's talk about that. Do you, do you know why he's... So we, we, when we find Samuel here, uh, and again, remember now, Samuel is the greatest judge in all of history. He's the only judge who gets two books named after himself, which says something about... Nice. He's not yeah. one of those minor prophets. He's no, he's, just gets he's one little big, book named after him. He's a... He's big a prophet. big deal. He's a yeah. big deal. And yet you're right. He's in a he's in a deep blue funk. Do you, do you know why he's in a deep blue funk here, Matt? <laughs> well, because Saul, who they thought was going to be king, and they really oh, yeah. they're pinning their hopes on, he's didn't turn out so great. And he looked like a great guy too. Yeah, head know? taller than everyone else. Like a Donald it? Trump kind of figure. Yeah. <laughs> well, seriously, because he's just yeah even better. Uh, but yeah, no, he he turns out to be a complete failure. Uh, in fact, that's the context here. God had told him to do something, and he just did the opposite. And instead of repenting, instead of saying, "Well, I, I'm sorry, I disobeyed," he he actually suggested he did it because it was a good thing. And then he blames the children of Israel. Yeah, it would just be uh, easier if people just repent, right? Just fess up. During the season of Lent, especially perhaps you and I included, just say, oh, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Well, you're right. That would have been ideal. If he simply said, yeah, you know, I was I, I was thinking of myself. I wasn't thinking of God's commitment. No, no, no. That isn't what he does. And, and in fact, God has said, I'm taking the kingship away from you. In fact, Samuel actually stood in front of this mighty, powerful king and told him that. The kingdom's taken away from you. The Lord's taking his spirit from you. Uh, and now he's reflecting on it and thinking, well, what what's going to happen next? What's going to happen to the people of Israel? Yeah. What's going to happen to me? And, you know, and with Saul, things do go downhill even more, right? Oh, he tries to kill man. David, as we'll see, and then he he, he consults witches. And well, well, as soon as you take the spirit away from some guy, you can just kind of figure it's yeah. It's oh, there you bad. go. Yeah, what do bad. you have left? So, so here's the thing: you you can be uh, kind of in a deep blue funk, and you can still be God's chosen one. Uh, and, and God can still be with you, and God can still use you for His purpose. Just because you're kind of down and depressed doesn't mean that you're not still the person that God has chosen that God's going to use. Uh, in fact, why don't you suggest, why don't you read what advice God gives to uh, Samuel? Okay. He says, "Fill your horn with oil 
and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. All right. So I, I think if, if there's anybody listening to us now that's kind of in, in a dark blue funk, uh, uh, the, just ask yourself, is there something that you can do? Now, maybe you can't do anything to solve the problem that's that's making you feel down and depressed. Because maybe it's not something you can solve. Maybe it's something God's going to have to deal with. But surely there's somebody around you that could use your help, right? Maybe somebody hungry, somebody thirsty. Maybe somebody just needs you to visit them. So I would suggest just just do that. If there's somebody you can be a help to, I mean, you can still be down and depressed, but try to go and do something good and help people. That That's at least something that might help you in your, your depression and in your funk. Uh, yeah, and in this particular case, what God wants Samuel to do will actually uh, solve the problem because He's going to send him to uh, anoint somebody as king. Okay, yeah, to have this purpose in in life, I think is yeah. is important. Um, and here's the purpose that God lays out for for uh, Samuel, and God's given us a purpose too, right? To love our neighbor, uh, to make disciples. Th- that is perfect. To fulfill our vocation. Exactly. Our, our our vocation, our calling. It's just to care for the people around us. Sure. It's as simple as that. And whatever small little thing it might be doing, it might be nothing more than just going and doing your job. Because when you're doing your job, you're help. I hope you are. Hope we're not just talking about robbers and prostitutes. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping we got people out there that actually have decent jobs where they're trying to help people. <laughs> yeah, well, um, definitely. I mean, that, that's that's so needed. I mean, we do take that for granted all the time. You know, we, we go through the drive-through window and we get our hamburger yeah. stuffed with cheese, and we don't think about all the people that help to make that possible, so that. I can grab a quick meal with my kids and we can go off to the next activity as a family. You know, thanks be to God the for those faithful servants out. at Ted Drew's. Yes. What would we do without oh, God's goodness. faithful servants at Ted Drew's? Oh, yeah. That's God funny. bless the custard <laughs> servers. That's right. Thank you, Matt. You've crystallized my thoughts perfectly. Just do what God's given you to do. Yeah. Now, now, go ahead. Read on, though. Read on. Okay. Okay, Samuel says, how can I go? If Saul hears, hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice. Right, just stop there. Uh-huh. No turkey. No, no they can bring a heifer. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. I should have thought that. Yeah, we have biblical evidence for my good eating. Yeah, don't bring a turkey. Uh, um the thing is, again, so he's frightened. He's frightened. And and I, I love that. What a comfort that is to us. So you can be frightened, Matt. Even as the sure. disciples were frightened last week on the Mount of Transfer. That's okay. You can be frightened. It doesn't mean that uh, that you're not God's chosen one. It doesn't mean that the Lord isn't with you. It doesn't mean that the Lord isn't going to use you for his purpose. That's okay. If you're frightened, you're frightened. It's normal. What do you think about God's advice, though? I always thought that was kind of what God's advice to Samuel is here in his fear. The, the heifer, you mean? The yeah, sacrifices? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I think part of it, I mean, I mean, part of it, I think, is shorthand for just the Lord's presence, too, I think. Okay. He's yeah. making a sacrifice, or that's in worship to the Lord. Right. And the Lord's going to be with him. So in the midst of this, this perhaps dangerous assignment, too, yeah. life-threatening assignment, the Lord's going to be with him, uh, even in this. You know what, you 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 young people, you're so naive. So what? what you're what always you... trying to put a positive spin on it. <laughs> so what's your well, heifer, you know, your heifer theory? Well, no, no, but but I'm thinking that's what the commandment says, right? Put the best construction on things. Because sure. I'm thinking that God's telling him to lie. That's that what I'm hearing. So don't tell him you're going to go down to anoint another king. I'm just that, here to sacrifice. Yeah, I'm just here to make a sacrifice. But I like no, I like the way you kind of put a positive yeah. spin on it. And that. maybe it could be both. Yeah, well, I think I think it it probably is both, honestly. 
Uh, um, but it does kind of seem like God is saying, don't don't tell the full purpose of your visit. Kind of tell a half truth that you're just going to. So hide the horn of oil. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if you got the horn, it may, I don't know. Maybe use oil when you do a sacrifice. I'm not sure how that yeah. works out either. So do you, what do you think about that? Do you think that's kind of, does that make you uncomfortable that God would say to him, kind of hide what you're doing? Just don't tell him the whole reason for your visit to Bethlehem? Doesn't that make you feel a little uncomfortable that God would tell a guy to kind of tell a half-truth? Well, if that's what's happening here, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it certainly is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I got to say. <laughs> yeah, well, you, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm trying to think of other examples well, where no, that just, may have thinking, been the case. This is, this is the ethical question that comes up. Is it always wrong to tell a lie? Are there instances when maybe if you're trying to protect someone's life, that it's okay to kind of not tell the people in authority the whole truth. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Are you a hardline guy about you can't never lie? or you? Well, you know, I oh, gee, I, I think in general, yeah, I would just go back to, uh, to the commandments, too. Yeah, the Eighth yeah. Commandments, certainly, and not bearing false witness. I mean, in general, I think it's a pretty good yeah, but rule see, of thumb. See, see, I, see, I think you've, you hit it right in the head there. The commandment doesn't say thou shouldn't lie. It says you shouldn't do what? Bear false, false witness to somebody. Yeah. So the implication is the reason you're lying is because you're you're running somebody else mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Or probably you're also kind of maybe making yourself look better than what you really are. Uh and, and so that I I'm just gonna throw it out. If people want to argue with us, you you can you can email us and you can write us here at the station. Cause I, I think that that if the purpose of the lie is to actually protect someone's life, like like what the, the those people did for Anne Frank and her family. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they had to lie in order to keep them safe from the Nazis. I think God would say, is there something wrong with you? Of course that's right. I've told you not to kill. And that includes trying to protect people's lives. So if you need to lie to protect their life, that's not a problem for me. But as you point out, no, usually when we're bearing false witness, it has nothing to do with protecting anybody except maybe just covering our own bottoms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to tick through examples in the Bible yeah. as, you're, as you're talking about that. And I'm thinking of uh, certainly Peter's words, we must obey God rather than men. Yep, and yep. perhaps if, if man or government or a corrupt government like the Nazis certainly are commanding something that goes against what God says, well, then, yeah, maybe we can lie like the Anne Frank example that we're in that lie obeying God rather than men. I like that analogy. That's a good analogy. Yeah. So it's not that we're trying to contradict God, but in this instance, in order to obey God, we actually have to disobey yeah. man. The, the other one, I think, is uh, the other example that came to mind is, is Abraham ah. lying about Sarah being yep. his wife, yep. right? Yep. And he does that. I, and that's, that's not really by God's command, though, as no, it is here no. with Samuel. It seems like that might be you know, maybe a little lack of trust on Abraham's part, uh, although God works it for good, and, yeah. and in the end, things turn out okay. Uh, but that's, that's another example that comes to my mind where, yeah, there, there's a patriarch who's lying, and uh, and God even still continues to be with him and, and bless him. And, and Matt, so that, that's such a good example, though, because it points out that it's always dangerous business when you go that route. Because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. can't really be sure, am I actually obeying God rather than men? Or again, am I not trusting, trusting the Lord? The Lord. And, and, yes. and yeah, So I think it's something if you're going to do, you ought to probably do it with a spirit of repentance and say, Lord, if this isn't what you want, then maybe you better show me. But you're right, that's not an issue here, because it was actually God that yeah, suggested it. If God's it. the one trying to do something, yeah. you're Probably pretty safe. Probably safe. All right, you want to keep reading? Sure. All right. Okay, we got past the heifers here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why, why don't you jump down to verse 6? Okay, sure. Okay. Uh, when they came, he looked on, and this is Samuel looking on Eliab. Yep, and he thought, one of the sons of Jesse. Yeah. And, he, and he thought, oh, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. 
And, and, and here's why I like this, because when I read this, I thought, this is just full of comfort because it describes my life. And, and, and in every way, things are going wrong. And yet again, my point is, doesn't mean that I'm not God's chosen person. Doesn't mean that God isn't with me. Doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan to get this all worked out. But but it tickles me because we have Samuel now, who is, again, the greatest judge known in the Bible. And he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amusing? So he knows it's the son of Jesse, but yeah, really, I don't know which one it is. And it seems like it's this one. No, that's wrong. Have you ever done that? Have you ever thought, man, I knew exactly what God wanted, but it wasn't. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, um, but ahead. it's a comfort, I think, that like you said, Samuel, this great Old Testament figure, if he doesn't know what's going on, well, then it's okay if sometimes we don't quite get it right either. There's exactly. hope for us, too. Exactly. And what's the explanation? What What's the problem, God says, for, for Samuel? Right? Oh, I love this. Yeah. Uh, the, the Lord says to Samuel, uh, verse 7, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearances, but the Lord looks on the heart. So any thoughts about that verse? Well, I just, uh, just tying that into to last week's discussion, if our listeners were listening, oh, one yeah. of the things we picked up on was there's more than meets the eye, right? And we talked about that in terms of Jesus. But I think the, the same is true here. More than meets the eye. It's not about the firstborn and the strong and the mighty. No, it's, it's about the heart. And, and something we, we don't see, but the Lord does. The Lord sees. The man looks on the heart. And wow, see what a profound insight, Matt, because yeah, if you looked at Jesus on the cross, in fact, that's what Isaiah says, you'd assume, oh, I guess God must have hated him. God yeah. must. No, but that wasn't what was going on at all. No, God was providing salvation for, yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Um, I thought this was very touching for, for my parish when I, because I preached on this. I think people know we, we're recycling a lot of sermonic material here because in, in, in about a year, they're going to have to choose a guy to replace me. And so I told them. Have people line up. Who's the tallest? <laughs> Who's the most <laughs> handsome? No. Who's the best looking guy? Uh, uh, but no, that's the point, obviously. But you see, that, that's, that's, as, that's as good as they can do. I mean, but they can't do anything but judge what they see on the outside of a man. I'm, I'm sorry. That, that's as good. So I told them uh, before they make a decision and probably after they make a decision, they should probably fall on their knees and say, Lord, you know, we really want the one, though, who you've chosen the one who you've seen in their heart and know that they're the one that belongs here because we can't see that. So we really do need to be reliant upon you and not upon our wisdom and what we think is best. So I, I think that's a cool thing for all of us to remember. This is as good as we can do. We we have to judge on what we see that, that we, we cannot do otherwise, but God help us to trust and rely on you, not upon what we think is best, but to really seek, seek the one that you, you have chosen. And they maybe have a barbecue with a heifer. And the- <laughs> As I know, turkey. <laughs> no turkey. Not ground turkey, no, not anyway. Not if you want your prayers answered. <laughs> no, I think that that's a great point. That, that Yeah, that the one who the Lord has chosen to serve in that place yeah. at this time. Yeah. And that'll be a very real thing for exactly. them in about a year. And I think that's, you know, on the, on the flip side, for us, for us as pastors then, thinking oh, about yeah. churches, it's not about the church's appearance or how it looks or how big it is or how attractive of a, a building it has or whatever else. No, the, the Lord the Lord knows where he wants us to. And uh, we trust in that respect, too, that God's going to put us where he wants us. And I suppose that would apply to all of us uh, going back to the, the vocation. Yeah, not just pastors, certainly. Yeah, that we just realize, okay. God has given us to do. Let's just do that and do that faithfully and not make any judgments about whether we're worse or lesser or better. Well, actually, why don't we read on? Okay. Uh, um, 
So right, just continue reading. Yeah. Okay, verse 8. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass by before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, "Are you are all your sons here?" Let me just interrupt you there again because I just, I just the the the, the uh, cluelessness of Samuel here. Samuel and the dad, it yeah, seems like yeah, Jesse too. Exactly, and, and and the fact that we know it's got to be one of Jesse's sons, and yet we've had all these sons here, we've consecrated <laughs> them, and it's none of them. And again, how often have we been in that situation that we've we've explored what we think is all the possible solutions, all the possible options, and yet none of them are working out. But again, my point is that doesn't mean you're not God's chosen one. It doesn't mean that God isn't with you. It doesn't mean that God isn't going to fulfill the plan and purpose he has for you. It just means maybe you need to be a little patient. Maybe you need to ask the question that he asks. Is there anybody here that should be here that isn't? And, of course, the answer is what? Yeah, there is someone, right? Yeah. Someone that Jesse and Samuel both don't expect. Or just, yeah, there remains yet the youngest. But behold, he's yeah. keeping the sheep. Yeah. And Samuel said to Jesse... Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent it and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, there we go, get out the oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward, and Samuel rose and went up to Ramah. And, and, and see, again, one final thing of comfort. So even his dad didn't think he was a good candidate yeah. to be king. Even exactly. and I, that's, that's profound that your own father yeah. doesn't even think it's even necessary to call you in from the fields. <laughs> uh, and, and yet, this was the one that God chose. So, so if you don't feel like you're the smartest, if you don't feel like you're the best looking, if you don't feel like you're the most popular person, if you don't feel even like maybe you're the, the really good re- religious people that you should be, it doesn't mean that you're not God's chosen one. It doesn't mean that God isn't with you. It doesn't mean that God will not fulfill his purpose in you. In fact, maybe that's how God goes about doing those things, teaching us that we are really just sinful people. And yet we are the ones that God has chosen. As he said earlier a few weeks ago, I'll have mercy upon who I'll have mercy and I'll have compassion upon who I'll have compassion. I'm the one that determines these things. And, of course, the really great thing for you and me, Matt, is he has made the same declaration about us that he made about David. Uh, and where did he make that declaration about us? Here here we know that David's the chosen one because yeah. he was anointed with sure. oil. We're, and, when we're... Anointed, in a sense, with, with water in the Word, yeah. in, in baptism. And that's his clear word. Isn't that, isn't that what he said? Baptism saves you. And he says, this is how I make disciples, by baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, uh, yes, indeed, people, uh, don't let your circumstances or your confusion or your depression confuse you. Uh, God has made his clear declaration. You are the man. You are the one he has chose. Uh, and if it seems that baptism was too long ago and you're wondering whether he might have changed his mind, just keep listening and wrestling with the basics, going to church, taking the Lord's Supper, and he will affirm it over and over again. Nope, nope, nope. You're the one. Yeah. You're the one. So. Royalty in a way, right? Oh, yeah. The sons and daughters of the King of Kings. And nothing can change that. And, and now we're back to what we said at the end of last week's episode, right? God said to Jesus, this is my beloved son. He's made the same statement about you and me and everybody that's listening to us right now. Great. 
great material, John. Thank you. I love that account and how God looks at the heart, too. And, uh, and think of all the other examples that, that are unexpected about the scriptures, too. God still works through them and in them and, and us, too. Well, this has been Wrestling with the Basics. And we hope and pray that you join us next week with our good, juicy hamburger. hamburger. And a Ted Drew's ice cream. <laughs>